Hey everybody, welcome to the Random Movie Club. I'm your host, Rob Logan. In each episode, I sit down with a co-host to discuss any movie of their choosing. The only qualification is that the movie is available to watch at home on DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming. Before you listen to this show, I highly recommend that you watch the movie we're going to talk about, because we're going to spoil everything. Also, at the end of the episode, I'll tell you which movie we're going to discuss next so you have enough time to watch it. On this episode, I'll be discussing October Sky with Chris O'Malley. Let's roll the film. October Sky was released in 1999 from director Joe Johnston, based on a book by Homer H. Hickam Jr., with a screenplay written by Lewis Colick. The film stars Jake Gyllenhaal, Chris Cooper, and Laura Dern. So this time you chose October Sky. I did. Why October Sky? So this is a twofold reason. Okay. One is it October Sky is like the it's the Rudy for nerds, right? Right. right. And so like obviously we're nerds and they kind of I haven't seen Rudy either. Well, I know that uh, kills you, but it doesn't kill me. I don't care. Oh, okay. I, I have October Sky. Okay. The other one too is I wanted to see like it's it's an emotional movie. Mm-hmm. And I just want to see how you would react to different types of movies. I like emotional movies. I know. I just, you know, want to make sure that to see to see your reaction to, you know, it's obviously it's a movie, so it's designed to elicit certain types of emotions sure. based on fact, not the actual facts. Right, which right. we'll get into, I'm sure. But I just wanted to see how you do. Oh, okay. Plus it's a good movie. It is a good movie. I enjoyed it. And Jake Gyllenhaal's in it. And J- is he dreamy for you? Well, <laughs> for most women for most and women. some men he is for me no but yeah yeah you just have to say you know jake gyllenhaal and people just start drooling and there there, <laughs> there was some changes made in the movie because jake gyllenhaal was cast mm-hmm. for sure which we'll get into as we get into the trivia uh these are from imdb in case people are wondering so we don't know if they're 100 percent accurate but uh there's not many october sky like Snipe sites out sites there. sites and people yeah just going <laughs> crazy so uh the author wanted the movie to be called rocket boys like Which the, is the book name of the book it's based on, but the studio believed that that title would not sell well. The compromised title October Sky works on two levels. It's the month when the hero was first inspired by Sputnik flying overhead. October fourth, nineteen fifty-seven, and it's an anagram of Rocket Boys. It is. Which is very cool. Which I think is random. I don't think anyone said, hey, let's make an anagram of Rocket Boys and see what we can get. I think it just happened to be coincidental. But That's a crazy coincidence, though. Mind. Yeah. Blown. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoy that one. In real life and in the novel Rocket Boys, Quentin Wilson was a traditionally handsome-looking boy, whereas Homer Hickam looked like the stereotypical nerd that the film's Quentin is made to look like. Mm-hmm. Their physical appearances were switched to the casting of then-teen heartthrob Jake Gyllenhaal. That's right. That's uh, right. And, and that's pretty evident when you see the footage at the end of the movie. Yeah. That Quentin is uh, kind of the, the better-looking and Homer's got the kind of traditionally glasses, yeah. nerd look. The location of the slag dump where the Rocket Boys actually tested their rockets still exists. Yep. It's now a large grassy field. It is located in the actual town of Colwood, West Virginia. They erected a replica test stand, launch pad, and shed after the movie brought the Rocket Boys story back into the public light. The town used to celebrate the Rocket Boys with a festival every October called the October Sky Festival. But the town of Colwood has since lost so many residents that the event has moved to Beckley, West Virginia. Which is over the mountains, but yes. Yeah, yeah. I because... almost wanted to go down there once just to do it. Oh, really? Yeah. You're that much into this, huh? Well, it's it's a great story. And I've, I've read the book, I don't know how many times. Yeah. And when I used to live in the D.C. area, it was a lot closer than it is going from Delaware. But mm-hmm. one time I wanted to just go down there and see what it's like because it's a big deal. Sure. Yeah. Sure. 
when the college recruiters approach Homer at the end of the science fair, the last one identifies himself as being from Virginia Tech, the real-life Homer Hickam's alma mater. Yes, but technically back then it wasn't VPI. called Virginia Polytechnic Institute, right. which it's technically still called, but yeah. Is it really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's still Virginia Polytechnic. It's, it's something else now, too, but okay. people still call it Virginia Tech. Like, technically, New- Notre Dame is actually the University of Notre Dame du Lac. Oh, that's true. Kind of thing. Okay. Of the lake. Right. By the lake, whatever the hell the French do. I don't know. I don't know anything They're about French. French people. No, with a name like Valois, you have no idea about French. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> um, there's a couple things in the movie that are inaccuracies for the story, but make for better storytelling in the movie. One being of which Jim, Homer's brother, did not receive a football scholarship from West Virginia University. He, too, was a Hokie and attended Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Also, Homer and the other Rocket Boys did not steal the railroad lines to finance their rockets. Yeah. That didn't actually happen. No, they had jobs. Yeah. They had money. <laughs> Which doesn't look as exciting because they're being productive members of society that then yeah. go on to make science as opposed to being slackers. Yeah. That like, oh, we're going to be kind of rebellious. and. Well, actually, I, I, you'll probably get to this, but the the engineer that's on the train in the movie mm-hmm. And I forget the actual part of it, like the trivia part, but he's actually like one of the the guy that's on the train that waves. He's actually like one of the original engineers from that line. Like way they back said he was like a railroad photographer. Something too. like that. Yeah. 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 I remember reading that too at yeah. some point a while ago. Uh, and lastly, Homer Hickam never actually met Werner von Braun. That's true. He was not at the um, science fair. Right. They added that for the whole point of chris cooper who's placed his dad to getting back to the hero thing yeah. yeah yeah even though technically his dad and his relationship wasn't as bad it was as it was on the movie right when you have an actor like chris cooper that well yeah you take based on a true story and you make things exaggerated yeah. that's what well actually there's is. there's in the movie there are four rocket boys but in real life there are five two of them were merged two of them yeah, were merged together yeah. Yep. yeah yeah sherman and odell merged into the one character there yeah yeah uh so the movie itself let's go through kind of chronologically and all right. All right. Uh, we have the opening montage, which I really liked going between the coal miners and the reactions of the townspeople to the Sputnik broadcast, kind of setting the stage mm-hmm. for everything. That was cool. I, I didn't, I'm sure the music was appropriate for the time, but it didn't feel necessarily right for the montage. See, I would completely disagree. Really? I, I think the soundtrack of that movie, it, it, all of it, I mean, it's Mark Isham who's done a bunch of like other movie type stuff like mm-hmm. especially at the beginning kind of just it it feels like i don't want to say depressing but like you're in a situation it makes you feel like you're in a situation that you want to get out of it gives okay. you hope i get that i guess like that's kind of where it, at least it felt for me and then obviously at the end it kind of reprises itself when everything is successful and has more of a happy the end credits transition kind of right thing. right so, but uh the soundtrack itself is appropriate for the, the time and gets. Some I like the rest of it. That was the yeah. only part that felt like a little off to me. And maybe it was just because I was just getting into it. Mm-hmm. So as like the, the kind of tone setter right away, I hadn't completely yeah. gotten into the tone of the movie. Well, yet. it'll make, it may, it makes sense to you at the end when you're like, oh, okay, now I'm, I'm kind of feeling the same. Right. right. I'm feeling that I've now I've accomplished something I've gotten. Cause it's all about, you know, wanting to get out of this town that, Homer Hickam is in because, you know, you, you know, you're going to be a coal miner. That's mm-hmm. what we do here kind mm-hmm. of thing. I mean, you kind of like your destiny set. I think everyone can relate that to growing up in whatever town they were in. You're going to be something that's in your town. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden a few people, quote unquote, get out. Now, obviously, right. back in the 50s, like economically, it was harder. Now it's like well, it's, now people get out all the time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's easy. Yeah. They, they, they're expected to move on or they just do it anyway. But I mean, right. I think that part of it. Kind of related to, you know, I could relate to that as well as the whole being a nerd amongst, 
I mean, they they completely upplayed the whole sports football like that's how you get out of this town. It's the sure. only way you can get out. Sure. Aspect of it because in real life it's not, it wasn't really like that because one there's not that many kids in that high school mm-hmm. that are in the movie and two like it's still a small town. I mean they sold it off but like it was never. There's like four streets in it. It's not a right. huge, but it made it look out to be a lot bigger. And these one, these four kids or five in real life, like they made it, they got out and nobody else can. And they've inspired all The principal others. makes a note of yeah. like you either get out. We get a few lucky ones for football, the but rest that's of them about it. The mines. Yeah. Right, right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, setting the stage in the beginning, we see right away that Homer is not the best ball player, but he's got heart, mm-hmm. which I thought it was starting to go into like a sports movie. Like, yeah. <laughs> but, and, and football really didn't play into it that much for him mm-hmm. from that point. So they just kind of left that behind. Yeah. His future job, like we said, seemed to be working in the coal mine. He likes Dorothy. We see right away, kind of glances we'll put over Dorothy at her. in quotes. <laughs> she's not the real name. Uh, yeah. Meanwhile, there's a quick shot of Valentine glancing at him. Uh, and that obviously, like from anyone who's familiar with the formula of movies, mm-hmm. clearly they're just using shots and nonverbal things. Yeah. This is the one he likes. This is the one who likes him. They're both going to be important. Yeah. That's why we held the camera on this one character, even yeah. after we showed her. So then Sputnik flies overhead and Homer has his inspiration. The first rocket attempt that he does build because of this blows the hole in the fence. Which that entire thing is true and accurate to the book where it took because in, in a coal mining town, like the coal, the company owns everything. So it took forever mm-hmm. for his mom to get that white picket fence. It, his dad is the, 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 the former of the mine. So it's kind of like a prominent status thing. Mm-hmm. So she wanted the house to look perfect and he goes Which and blows it up. I wish they maybe had made seem more important. Like if there was just a quick exposition thing beforehand of like, Oh, we finally were able to afford that. Yeah. But it looks so nice. And then boom, he yeah. just blows it up. I think it would have had a little more impact. To sure. It, but. Uh, Homer befriends Quentin to help him build a rocket. I love the reaction of all the kids in the cafeteria oh, yeah. just because when he's talking to him, they're all looking. But as soon as he sits down, it oh, goes right back into yeah. It's so And great. again, I think that's something. I mean, it's exaggerated, but that's mm-hmm. something that everyone can relate to sure, in sure. high school. You yeah. know, we can relate to that sitting in the little freshman pit down there totally, in high school. Totally. And, yeah. Uh, Rocket 2, they find out there's a science fair where they can win a college scholarship or scholarships for all the Rocket Boys. They built it out of metal, and it starts fine, but flies straight toward his dad's office. Mm -hmm. And that's when his dad figures out that he's really doing all this. I don't know how he didn't know from blowing up the fence. Well, his dad wasn't mad until it attacked him at work. And again, I think they've exaggerated that that aspect of, of the movie, of the story, when you know his dad is the the foreman, and, mm-hmm. and they have it kind of shows they have a rocky relationship, which in real right. life they didn't really like. I lived there. I mean, I read that they didn't, but <laughs> um, you know the fact that he, he his dad did work in the mines a lot. He wasn't at home a lot, mm-hmm. so I mean that the the relationship between his wife, his mom, and his dad is actually pretty accurate too. She would threaten to leave all the time and go move to Myrtle yeah, Beach because yeah. I don't see you, and you always want to be the big hero and. You know, they, they, he'd come home, they'd put him on the phone, he'd go to sleep, go back to work. Like, yeah. that part is pretty accurate. So if he probably wasn't home. He right. probably didn't know. And the other part of it, too, is he's trying to impress the union and the, the company reps that, that just happened to be there when the rocket happens oh, to go yeah, to his yeah. office. Again, it's trying to create that conflict, that underlying conflict that will resolve itself in the movie. Right. But it's... um. I mean, I can see that happening. Yeah. I mean, so as a result, his dad's like no more mm-hmm. testing rockets on company grounds, which yep. happens to be most of the town because well, the they're all it, yep. owned by it. Uh, so they find a spot eight miles from town and they start to build their launch site, which they codenamed Cape Colwood. 
which in the book is the Big Creek Missile Agency, but that's okay. Oh, really? Yeah, it's oh. a different name because Cape Colwood just seems cooler in the movie. Right, right. But they had this whole they were they were literally following everything that NASA had done. So like everything had an acronym to it because mm-hmm. they're in the oh, big they're in the okay. Big Creek School District. Gotcha. So but they instead of having because NASA wasn't NASA back then, it was the Ballistic Missile Agency or something like mm-hmm. that. So they kind of mirrored that, and that's what they were trying to do. Gotcha. But, but it was eight miles away, and they would walk along the Snake Root River, and, yep. and you know the, the comment that Chris Cooper makes is, you know, you walk eight miles every day to do this. Well, why don't you spend that time doing right. something productive? Right. Well, eight miles to walk is actually a long time to go. Oh, but yeah. like they had cars. I mean, they had access to yeah, cars. Yeah, yeah. You know, they did it a couple times, but sure, um, which was kind of played in the movie. But they need more money for better metal with the rocket, mm-hmm. so they start taking apart an abandoned train track and selling the pieces. Like we said in the trivia, that didn't actually happen, but for story purposes. And it gives a fun little moment with them trying to stop the train, yeah. and it ends up just going the opposite. They're just right around the, the corner, other way, or whatever. Yeah, those tracks are not actually yeah. used for anything. Well, like I said, so. like in reality, they had income, and they actually would buy stuff from the company shop. And they, mm-hmm. and you know, the whole part of having uh, Mr. Bolden, the guy that would you know do the the welding and stuff for them when they built their actual rockets later. It was a true part of it. They actually just asked them and they just had to, right, they right. Had, he had to do it on time that he wasn't working. It wasn't yeah. like he could do it during his normal hours, but they were able to use the facilities because that's all there was and no one really, right, right. it wasn't an issue there, but they kind of play that up to be more of a conflict and then again, it gets resolved at the end. But. Mm. They go into our second montage of the movie with just one rocket blowing up mm-hmm. after another, which I really enjoyed. That was fun, and it's always good to watch stuff just blow up. Absolutely. Everyone loves that part. <laughs> yeah, every that's time. Part of, that's, that's part of the fun. Absolutely. Uh, after making a longer rocket and stabilizing the inside, they go for another launch. This time, lots of people from town are there to watch, thanks to Homer's brother, who's kind of waiting for him to fail on this one. Mm-hmm. But this one finally takes off successfully. Yeah. And actually, it was it was something that the, that the townspeople enjoyed. Mm-hmm as they were developing this because they, they could see that it was something something was happening there but again like for the people that weren't in the mines like what else you're gonna do right <laughs> you know what I mean? right. like you're in a town especially given the time mm-hmm. and everything yeah it's not like they have all these entertainment options exactly. so a couple kids launching rockets when when like sputnik has started this whole kind of craze of space travel absolutely I mean, that, that that was the start of the, the the country moving towards when john f kennedy said within 10 years we're going to land on the moon that right. was what started it right russian satellites they were afraid the cold war not that obviously didn't happen yet but like the whole mentality of like they're getting there faster that's what it, it was the the spark that started the u.s's development of mm-hmm. getting into space travel right so, I mean, this was right. it so i mean the the paranoia was there i mean this was right after the 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 40s uh, the early 50s with Joe McCarthy and all the communist spies everywhere. So, like, the paranoia was real, especially in a small town set aside from everybody else that had one radio station that got yeah. them some news. Like, the it was there. It's like Fox News on steroids. I yeah. mean, everyone's just scared. <laughs> uh, Homer's birthday, he gets a signed photo from Warner Ron Braun in the mail. And his uh, his mom gives a little wink. I wonder how he got that. And like, yeah. <laughs> obviously, she did a little... Uh, behind the scenes sure. stuff to make that happen and the funny part of that when it's you know his brother's like oh you got a picture of grandma i'd rather get socks like every kid can relate to getting like the ugly sweater from right, their grandparents right. but you have to be nice Absolutely. you have to write a thank you note like it's just that, I thought his, that was funny. Uh, teacher miss riley gives him a book on guided missile design mm-hmm. which the principal finds to be a little inappropriate yeah. but 
clearly doesn't understand education, which is typical of a lot of schools. This is true. Administration, and not that, necessarily and understanding. The principles in every space type movie ever, Apollo right. 13, the, all the right stuff, like all, all the, the right stuff, all, all, all those type movie things. But in real life, she had brown hair, but Laura Dern got the part. So, right, right. Know. And she was great. Laura Dern mm-hmm. was awesome. I thought part. she did really well. I mean, the teacher died of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. She was like 32 or something like that or yeah. whatever it was. But yeah. You know, in the movie, she kind of gets sick over time. In real life, she got, she got sick at the end. It wasn't right. like, you know, she was there and she was an inspirational part. That whole part of when, you know, Homer had to go work in the mines was actually done for the movie. Like he, he, oh, okay. he his dad, his dad had been injured, mm-hmm. but Homer's mom insisted he never ever go down in the mines. Like right. she's made ever since he was a kid because she knew that something he was special. And there was one time that he went down there like on a school field trip and mm-hmm. saw his dad and his dad ended up keeping him later or whatever. So he was there for the day. Right. But he actually never worked in the mines. You know, okay. that really didn't happen. Oh interesting. Um, but that conflict was played up because it was trying to make make, you know, lay the groundwork of, you know, this kid is special. I as a parent can see that mm-hmm. and I want him to get out kinda of, kind of still playing on those storylines. But in real life, like it wasn't he went down there once on a few Field trip. He didn't like it. His dad and him never really had the "we're well, going to work in the mines" thing. They just let him do his own thing because mm-hmm. his dad was the foreman, and they they were wealthier than the rest of their peers, kind of thing. So right, because they were kind of running. Yeah, the thing that the town was owned by. Yeah, essentially. Um, the same day he finds out his brother's getting a college scholarship for football, mm-hmm. so it's almost like an extra kind of kick in the ass. Yeah, right at the end of all that. Uh, back at the launch site, they fire a rocket that ends up staying up for about twelve seconds, which yep. is their best yet. There's an even bigger turnout from the town now who are now referring to them as the Rocket Boys, yep. so they're earning their moniker. Uh, a reporter shows up and writes an article about the launch, and then back at school, they end up getting arrested for starting a forest fire from a stray rocket, which yep. I assume they implied was the one that they just launched, even though it seemed like they... It was one of the ones they launched. What happened was is... And that, that story is... I, I forget if that was as it happened in the book. But they they had multiple launches, and mm-hmm. one of them just they couldn't recover because they had a, a device that which is a, a modern day like protractor, essentially mm-hmm. to determine how far because the, they were all nerds, so they knew exactly where that rocket was going to land. How at the end when when or the part when homework goes and starts drawing, you know, v equals one half a square right, kind of thing. Like right. they actually did that for every launch. They were very technical and, and documented all their stuff about it, and they'd lost multiple rockets. They, sure. they, they just didn't recover. They just didn't care to go find. Right, right. The weather paid, played an impact. They just, you know, so it just happened that they, again, played that story where, oh, you started a forest fire, and now we're going to arrest you for, for damages mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing, only to further create that conflict between Homer's dad and him, Chris Cooper, and Jake Gyllenhaal's characters. Right, and, and now kind of he's getting conflict from school, too. Like, it, mm-hmm. now it's the world against him yeah. instead of just, like, a conflict with his dad exactly. at this point. So. Exactly. Uh, making him more of an underdog. So when he rises up, it's, yeah. like, that much better. See how the inspiration is there? <laughs> that emotion, you feel good inside? Oh, yeah. That's what I want oh, yeah. for you. <laughs> uh, the boys end up burning down their launch house and kind of walk away, turning their back on the whole dream of rocket launching and the science fair and getting out of town essentially as at least with that being their means of doing so Mm -hmm. uh we go to a school dance where homer is looking for dorothy only to find out that she's broken up with her other boyfriend but now she's together with With her brother with with his brother jim uh valentine finally decides to talk to homer instead of just leering at him all the time Mm -hmm. because up to this point she just stares at him yeah aside from saying once like hi once yeah. She's just staring at him in a very awkward, weird way, and then finally decides to talk to him, and they end up in a car together. <laughs> so in, in real life, Dorothy is uh, is not her real name. Okay. He was her tutor. He tutored her in 
either something science. I don't know if it was math or biology, mm-hmm. but she, she, they, he was her tutor. She's older. And he always had a crush on her, mm-hmm. but like the age gap, I forget what it was, is it, it was something that was never to be. And that's obviously part of it. Okay. And then, you know, like again, he, his brother wasn't, you know, he, in the movie, he looks like he's like the, the star looker kind of guy mm-hmm. thing, but in reality, he really wasn't. But, um, the reason why they know each other real well is that he, he tutored her. Okay. Um, so they saw each other a lot. And then that, the Valentine, I think, I think that's actually her name. I forget. I haven't read the book in a very long time. Yeah. But they, uh, he had actually a couple of girlfriends in, in high school. It wasn't just them, but right. they had to have a steamy romance. A better, scene. better story. The love <laughs> triangle. Uh, the boys find Homer and tell him there's been an accident in the mine. And when he arrives there, he finds his older mine worker friend dead, but apparently everyone else was saved by his father. Mm-hmm. So it starts maybe for the first time in the movie. It kind of has Homer rethinking his view of his father. And they kind of show it in his face, too. Yeah. Like, it, there's something washing over him, like, oh, my God. But then, like, right after, his father's like, or, or the the first time uh, the roof collapsed, they did the thing where they were like, oh, your father is a great See, guy. Saved yeah. everyone. And he's like, oh, you idiot. Like, I told you never to that, blah, blah, that's blah, blah, my blah. Dad. And it, like, yeah. turns it back around yep. so fast. But this time... It was just straight up kind of saving the people, but then his friend died, and then yeah. he grabs his lucky charm off the off the wall and everything, which comes back later yes. on. That's how they knew who was down in the mines or not. And right, were, right, right. Little number. With his father hurt, Homer agrees to work in the mine to earn money for the family, which you had said never Real life really happen. happened. Uh, as the ele- but it does lead to this great moment yeah. when the elevator descends into the mine. He looks up and sees Sputnik fly overhead, which is a great like. Well, that again ties you back thing. to the beginning of the movie. Yes, when that that's happening, and the, and it kind of is, is his his final like I got you moment. Like, all right, I, I have to go work in the mines, and I and that's where I wanted to be. And that's right, it. right, and and he's descending mm-hmm. away from it. Like yep. it couldn't be more. So blatant. in the in the book, he always says that you know the the earth swallowed you up when you go down that elevator. Oh, okay. That, that was the words he would use. Like the miners would go down and be swallowed by. The God, I wish they used that phrase in the movie. It's such I, a I good know, phrase. I know. It actually it is. It yeah. really is. But that that's the 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 term they use is kind of to put the uh, the emphasis on it. Yeah, so. I kind of wish when he was yelling at his dad and he was like, the, the whole time when he talks about not wanting the same life as mm-hmm. his father and everything, if he had said like, you go down and it's like the earth's swallowing you up, like uh, that yeah. would have been a perfect time sure. to throw it in there. That well, would have been great. Quintessential line of, I want to go in a spice, you know, that <laughs> right, comes right. out in that argument. That's, I mean, that's the, the nerd and everyone cheering. Sure. His uh, dad returns to work and Homer decides to keep working and not go back to school because he thinks it's like the end of the year. Mm -hmm. His hopes have been kind of dashed at this point. So he's just feeling defeated. So he's like, I might as well. This is I might as well accept my fate and just stay with it. Homer finds out at this point that Miss Riley has cancer and he starts his rocket research again, kind of inspired by her. So in in real life, they uh, she lived in the town of war, which is like a a while away. She ended up getting a boyfriend. Okay, And. Oh, which they end up just making kind of rumor. They the make movie. it look like, well, the reason why she's not around so much is because she's hooking up with some new guy. In real life, she's going to the hospital to get treatment. Right, but right. That was prevalent. I mean, there were rumors flying in, in, in real life that she had just abandoned being a teacher to go hook up with some dude okay. somewhere. And in real life, she, she was sick. Yeah, so. yeah. After doing the math, Homer figures out that their rocket didn't start the fire. So he quits the mine and searches for the rocket with Quentin, which they find. 
taking the rocket into school, he further proves that none of their rockets could have gone the distance they're suggesting one did, so there's no possible way that they could have started the fire. One of the scenes they cut out was Billy Joel comes in and sings, we didn't start the fire. <laughs> that was cut out, I guess, didn't make it. No, I guess not. <laughs> Some things, you know, I mean, they seem good in theory, and then yeah, you put them in the movie. They said, eh, it didn't really work but out. It's a great scene mm-hmm. when he finally kind of gets it over on well, the it, principal. It's exactly. It's showing that, hey, I, I learned this on my own from yep. this book that my teacher gave me. Everyone said no, but I can prove to you and in fact, they, they can prove once that they went and found the flare that actually started the fire mm-hmm. by saying, look, we could have made it that far. You should go look over here. And then lo and behold, you mm-hmm. know, next scene is they're, they're there and saying, oh, there's the aeronautical flare that started the fire. And, you know. The principal and, did get a good dig in, though, when he's like, oh, you learned this all your own outside of school. So you didn't really need, like, yeah. while you were working in the mines, so you didn't really need. I guess you learned more in the mines you did in high school. Yeah. 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 Again, the one tried one by dig, but. At the end, you see when they win the, the school science or the county science fair, the principal stands up. He's excited Just too. Just as excited too. as anyone else. Because the town really was behind these kids right. the entire time. Like, and they could only afford to send one person because, I mean, a lot of people were in debt to the coal company. So mm-hmm. they really didn't have a lot of money. And, th- and that part is pretty accurate of, you know, going to Indianapolis and only Homer went yeah. and that kind of thing. But um, the town really did support these kids. The uh, Rocket Boys end up getting back together, and his dad lectures him for not going to work, but says he can work on his rockets during his off hours. Homer tells him he's done with the mine, saying that it's your life, not mine, uh, with the southern accents and that line in particular i was thinking of varsity blues where you get i don't want your life like that's <laughs> exactly Im- immediately exactly. what i thought of it's so similar <laughs> the uh boys win the county fair and homer's chosen to represent the team at the next level in indianapolis after a drunk shoots at his dad at their house they get in a huge fight and homer declares he's going to leave for college when he wins and never return mm-hmm at the fair, it looks like Homer's a contender to win, so someone steals parts of his display. Yeah. Uh, it was the the picture, the signed photo, and I don't know what that... It's the cone of the rocket. Part of the rocket, yeah. the cone, yeah. Uh, after being confronted by his mom, his dad helps him get the parts he needs for his presentation. Holding his dead minor friend's lucky charm, the Rocket Boys are announced as the winners. And while the crowd is congratulating, Werner Von Braun shakes his hand, but Homer didn't even notice it was him. So in real life, Warner von Braun was there. Oh, okay. But he just wasn't presenting the award. He was at the fair. Like yeah. it was, he was just in the area. It wasn't like they had an opportunity to actually meet. But they did exchange several letters mm-hmm. before and after. I mean, Homer Hickam still works for NASA today. Yeah, yeah. Um, down down the street from here, far down the street, but down the street, <laughs> nevertheless, down ninety five. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that 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 part. I mean, that the for for me. You know, you know he's gonna win. You know, you know, because I've read the book. And if you didn't, you know it's gonna happen. But mm-hmm. like again, comes that the music part, and the you know when they announce his name, he's looking at the charm. Like I lost it. I lost right, it right. three points during the movie. <laughs> you know, and and you know when they, they first win the the, the the school science fair, and to see like his peers and the people that said no to him be excited for him. Then he goes and wins a national science fair, and then he comes back and like he has that conversation with his dad, right? Which. It's exaggerated for the point of, you know, you know, Mortimer Brown's a night guy, but he's not my hero. Mm-hmm. And obviously the dad's like, well, crap, I'm the idiot that screwed this up. But yep. that part and then obviously that final launch where they name it Miss Riley, which they never really did because they just kept on adding numbers to it. But for the purposes of the movie. <laughs> sure. Um, which is actually, coincidentally, the last scene was the first one they actually filmed. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. That happens a lot in movies, actually. I think it had to do with, they, they actually filmed in Tennessee, mm-hmm. which is near West Virginia. And weather-wise, it just worked out. They actually filmed the, the lot of that movie was out of order. Right. So that very last scene where everyone's there looking up at the rocket going, it was literally the first day of filming, mm-hmm. and they knocked it out in like one or two t- 
takes. It's crazy. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you don't really think of that because no, no, none no. of us are making movies, but right. like actually, it's kind of cool how they do that. But like, so it, it's you know when you see hear actors talk about the movie and what they did, like for them, it's all jumbled until they go and watch the right, movie. Right, right. Because like, well, we that you know eight months ago we filmed that scene, but that was the last scene. You know that I would always feel like in my if I were ever to be an actor, I would feel like I would want to do the movie in order so that I was feeling the same progression as sure. the character. But yeah, you're right. They jump all over and, the place. And, that, and that's one of the things that, you know, a real talented actor can accommodate mm-hmm. for because in real life, they don't do it that way. Right. But when you watch it on the screen, every character always makes a progression. That's the right. point of a movie. You want to see where they end up. And you have to be that familiar with the character in a story to really be able to, like, parse it out or into tap pieces. those emotions or that response yeah, at, that, yeah. at that stage in your development, if you will. I mean, that's going to be. You almost story. have to feel like you've watched the rest of the movie and mm-hmm. have to now play out this part. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we said the the final launch happens, which they have the name of Miss Riley on the side. Dorothy tries to ask out Homer at this point because he's now like the big celebrity, mm-hmm. but he blows her off to talk to Valentine. Homer dedicates launch to all those who helped. And during the dedication, his dad finally shows up. Yeah. Of course, the rocket goes sky high I with the whole time watching. Well. And Homer finally earns his dad's approval. Yeah. Which that that was the part for me that hit me emotionally. Obviously, that's what the whole movie is sure. building up to yep. more than anything else. When his dad pushes the button and. He puts his it's hand on, on his shoulder, shoulder and everything. And, and yeah. I think it's the fifth time I reach for tissues. I forget. Yeah. <laughs> the only kind of thing in the whole movie that didn't work for me was the story with Dorothy and Valentine. Mm-hmm. It could have been written out completely because it didn't really amount to anything. Yeah. And I, I think, again, that that was kind of to add some sort of, you know, subplot in, 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 in it. Because in real life, like... They were all friends, mm-hmm. and he did have a crush on her. He's in the book. He he talks about a lot how, uh, you know, he was attracted to her, and and how like she was a special person. But in reality, their relationship literally was friends. You know, you're helping me out to get through. I think it was physics or bio, something like that. Like, right, right. That's all it was limited to. But you know, on the screen, that would just look boring. So right, kind of. It also goes to show. You know, it, 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 to, for all you smart people that are going to get out of your town, like, be careful of who your friends are because it makes Dorothy look like the only reason why she likes Homer is to get out of town to get money, celebrity right, status, right. which really isn't the case. That's yeah. not the person she was, which is why he called her Dorothy and not her real name. Right. Because to not he, associate. even to this day in the book, he makes it, he, he never reveals who that person is and he writes it so that that person couldn't figure it out. So I don't okay. know if they, in real life they were tutoring or they were just friends, whatever it was, like, mm-hmm. He did it to protect that person and also his feelings for her. Yeah. Yeah. So I encourage everyone that has not read the book to go read the book because it is a really good book. It's a lot more nerdy. Mm-hmm. Like there's, they actually go through equations and stuff sure, in there. Sure. Like, but it also goes through the entire progression of all the adventures that they had and how they developed to get to where they were. But the movie, it does a pretty decent job of summing it up and make you feel good about yourself when yeah. you leave. Any, any movie that kind of brings up your spirits. Is- yeah. Worth watching, I think. Then we get the, the like final messages of the movie. Whenever a movie does this, I think of, of Animal House immediately because <laughs> I think that was either the first movie I saw that did this or just the most prominent one in mm-hmm. my memory that did these like post, yeah, post credit or not post credit, but like post movie kind of final. This is where this person ends up type yeah. thing, which you see in uh, movies based on true stories all sure. the time. And I love when they show actual footage of the real people that were being portrayed. Yeah, love that. Uh, the final message is the boys all graduated from college. Quentin is a chemical engineer in the oil industry. Roy Lee is an automobile dealer and retired banker. Because there's two people there. Yep. Odell is a rancher and owner of an insurance agency. 
Frida Riley dodged of Hodgkin's disease at the age of 31. 31. That's 31. Worse. That, yeah. that killed me. I was like, oh my God, really? Cause, yeah, because we're older than that. Yeah, not only because we're older than that, but also because like a teacher and like, oh my, I was like, well, a teacher that inspired students to go yeah. and achieve greatness accomplished so much early in her life and yeah. was struck down with this disease which back then when they- she could have done so much more mm-hmm. like if clearly she inspired these students to do so much there would have been so many more exactly that she could have helped exactly. and that killed me uh john hickam died of black lung disease in 1976 which you could have seen coming i was yeah. expecting it to happen in the movie yeah like something harsher to that extent and Homer Hickam became a NASA engineer training astronauts for space shuttle missions. Still doing that today. Which is pretty amazing. Yeah. He yeah. got he got where he wanted to be. His mom retired to Myrtle Beach. The the joke that yeah, he, yeah. you know, you know, he's talking about, you know, if you don't help him, I'm gonna leave you. And Chris Cooper kind of spouse says, Where are you gonna go? And she's like, Myrtle Beach. And I mean, like it's just that because it, it she's playing it off with you know, they had talked about during their their relationship, their dynamic during the movie is kind of humorous, mm-hmm. but it really kind of shows what, where they were going, is that you and know And he gets a smirk on his face. Yeah. Like, no, you're not. Yeah. And and that you know, she went down there after he died. I right, mean, that, that's where right. she ended up. And I think she still might be down there. I don't know if yeah, she's still alive it, or not. It had said that that's where she still yeah. resides now. So, you know, that, and that's which is pretty cool. I mean, he he got to, you know, accomplish his, his goal and get to where he wanted to be. Yeah. Not everyone goes into space, but even to say, I work for NASA is exactly. actually pretty damn sweet. Yeah, so, it is. Yeah. But it's yeah. a great, great inspirational movie that speaks to a different type of person. I mean, everyone can relate to this, but like, especially to the, 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 the nerds and engineers that like to play with things and blow things up. It's right. kind of their own. Right. Cause there's so many inspirational sports and motivational things. Right. Like, right. I mean, there was a lot of goodwill hunting in yeah. this, I thought. Which is probably the reason why I probably like it, but yeah, yeah. But, I, I actually prefer goodwill hunting. I just think it's a better movie. Yeah. Um, and there's the biggest like downfall. Like I enjoy this movie too, but the biggest, thing that i had with it issue wise was i have a hard time with southern accents because <laughs> a lot of actors just don't do them well yeah and in general i think of of and i apologize to any southern listeners we have <laughs> but of all the accents that i've heard it's the most ignorant sounding yeah not to say that they're ignorant people because they're not no. obviously i mean this is a movie about smart people mm-hmm but well, that, the way a, it sounds... I'm not going to uh, insult you, but that's a stereotype that's been developing in this country for years oh, absolutely. Before, before you're ever in it. So, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I'll say it about Boston people, too. Like, yeah. a heavy Boston accent, like you hear in Good Will Hunting, is the same way. Oh, I and, totally and understand that. that's our area. That. Exactly. That's, that's our area. We grew area. up with they that, still and we still don't know. Yeah. But oh, yeah. that's why I, I've been very careful over the years to mm-hmm. get rid of the Boston accent. I did the, I, I did the same thing. I, yeah. I have a story of I, a job I first applied for in Washington, D.C. when I moved down there. I didn't get because the people thought I couldn't communicate well because I sounded like I grew up in, really? in Southie. Interesting. Yeah. I, 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 it took me a while to kind of get away from it. And so even now, if I get tired or- I'm the same way. If I get tired, my R's disappear. It kind of splits out. And, yeah. Or like when I go home for the holidays and I spend a week with my family. Never or, as bad as Goodwill Hunting. No, like, not I'm, that bad. I'm but not it, that heavy. But you've, but you've met my brothers and the ones that still live up in, in the area. Yes, and they sound yes. just like that. So- Hell, my, my dad and then my mom and your parents too. So I yep. mean, like it, it's still the same way, but yeah. that's funny. But overall, I did enjoy the movie. So good. I'm glad, I'm glad, glad you, you did. It. I'm glad that you did. I, I think it was a something different for you. And mm-hmm. I, I think, you know, something that your audience can relate to. And, and there were a lot of people excited that we were that's doing good. this. So, that's right. Yeah. Well, that's just because it's me. I of mean, course. Right. I'm They're just happier back on the show. Absolutely. Every time you come to Delaware, they get something great. <laughs> it's the only thing you get out of Delaware. So. That's right. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for being on. Awesome. My pleasure. Random Movie Club is a production of the Geek Generation. 
You can get every episode along with everything else we do over at thegeekgeneration.com. While you're there, be sure to check out our flagship podcast, The Geek Generation, available both on the site and on iTunes. As always, thanks to Michael McLeod of Wolfstein Music for our theme song. A link to their site can also be found on our site. Thanks for listening, and make sure you join us next time when we'll discuss Aliens. See you then.